you have your Bibles with you this morning, you can turn to John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. 49 days ago on Easter Sunday, we were in the passage just after this. You may remember we had a guest speaker that day. Thomas, the, the apostle, came to us and preached that morning. This is the passage just before that. John 20, beginning in verse 19. If you're using one of those blue Bibles in front of you, I believe it's on page 906. If you have your Bible app with you on your phone or whatever device you might have, uh, you can also find the notes there if you search for Kansas Christian Church. John 20, beginning in verse 19. On the evening of that day, that day being the resurrection day, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Some time ago, we were eating together as a family. We still get to do that every now and then, pretty often. The dinner that night was pretty warm, I remember. And I watched Connor as he stabbed his food with his fork. And he brought it up to his mouth, and I watched him as he blew on his fork and cooled his food and then ate. That may seem unremarkable to you, but it's completely remarkable to me. It tells me that Connor is interacting with his environment. He knows the food is hot, and he has two choices. Grab it, stuff it in, burn himself, or he can wait. <laughs> He's not going to wait. Or, the final choice would actually be to put it on the fork, blow on it, cool his meal, and then continue to eat. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about what Jesus does with his disciples here. And it got me to thinking, you know, breathing is the, it is the, the simplest way that you and I, the most common way that you and I interact with our world around us through the, through the air, through breathing. We do it in, we do it involuntarily. We do it in without even intending to, you're, you're breathing right now, you're taking in oxygen, you're letting out carbon dioxide. We take in what the plants have produced us, we let out what the plants need, the carbon dioxide they need. We do it unintentionally. You smell the air, you smell, the last couple of weeks I've been smelling lilacs in the neighborhood, and as I'm driving around I smell, I love the smell of lilacs, and, and just always enjoy that. If you've had garlic for, breath, for, for lunch and somebody smells the air around you, that's, that's not pleasant, you know? Nobody wants to do that. We do it in un unintentional ways. We also do it in, in, in intentional ways. You got a birthday cake in front of you. You blow out the candles. You blow bubbles. Entertain your grandkids to, to, uh, to make them happy. Sometimes when Connor and I are having one of our little wrestling matches, I'll just about get him. I mean, I'll have him down and I'm tickling him and all of a sudden, he blows in my face and it throws me off. 
he knows that, that that's going to distract me. And he laughs and laughs when he does that. We interact through the air. Philosophers like to talk about the butterfly effect. Have you heard of the butterfly effect? A butterfly in the Amazon jungle flapping its wings disturbs the air and that can cause a tornado in Texas. Well, maybe not. It's a philosophical question. After all, the issue is that the little things that you and I do have ripples. The little things that you and I do, they disturb the atmosphere and change the atmosphere and they can lead to big things later. Like a preacher in the Middle East 2,000 years ago blowing on his disciples can change the atmosphere and can change the course of history until we find ourselves here today. It continues to affect our environment to this day. Today is Pentecost Sunday. It's a day that we remember the birth of the church. We remember the gift of the Holy Spirit. And what John has given us in these few verses here is John's preview of Pentecost. It is his preview of the fulfillment of that promise. And more than the crucifixion, which you read about in the previous chapter, more than the resurrection, which you read about at the beginning of chapter 20, this passage is the culmination of John's gospel. This is everything that John has been leading us up to because it is the fulfillment of Jesus' promise to set right what is broken in this world and to set right what's broken in you and me. I've already mentioned that this passage is John pointing ahead to that day of Pentecost, 50 days in, into their future. But what you can't miss is he's also pointing back to something ancient. And we, we touched on it just a little bit last week. Genesis chapter 2, God forms man in his own image. And verse 7 says that God formed the man out of the dust of the earth and he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living soul. I love that reading of it. That's, a, that's the actual, literal reading, a living soul. The, the word in Hebrew for soul is the same word for neck. It's the same word for throat. A soul in Hebrew is a throat. The, the way that you take in air, right? The way that you breathe in and breathe out. At the very least, at the very most basic level, being a living soul, it, it is defined by your ability to breathe, your ability to interact with the world around you. Jesus breathes on his disciples and he tells them, receive the Holy Spirit. And there in the Greek, as John writes in Greek, the Greek word is pneuma for spirit. Spirit is Pneuma, it's where you and I get the word pneumatic. You might have some pneumatic tools out in your garage, right? You might have a few pneumatic tools here and there. It means that they are air-driven. They, they, they use air to power them. Pneuma doesn't just mean spirit. It means wind. It also means breath. Pneumonia is another word we use, don't we? Pneumonia a lack of breath, an inability to breathe. If you've had pneumonia, you know it's not just the struggle to breathe, it is the struggle to do anything, isn't it? 
It is the struggle to, to do anything. Where there is no breath, there is no life. If you've had pneumonia, you have felt that. And so God breathes that breath of life into the man's nostrils. The man becomes a living soul. And then a chapter later, sin comes along. Our rebellion against God. Our rebellion because we know better. We can find our own way. We can take care of this ourselves. And somehow it knocks, it knocks the wind out of us. And life becomes a struggle for any breath any breath from God, any sign of something greater in our lives, any sign for hope, any sign of peace. Our existence at that point becomes a kind of spiritual pneumonia where we can't seem to breathe. We struggle to breathe. I say this is the culmination of John's Gospel. It is the culmination of John's story about Jesus because John has led us to this point from the very beginning. We could go back to John chapter 3. You remember that story? John chapter 3, a man named Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the middle of the night under darkness. And he has a conversation with Jesus because he's curious about these things that Jesus has been saying. It's in the context of that conversation we have that verse that is so central to our faith. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, cease to breathe, but have everlasting life. It's also in that conversation with Nicodemus in verses 7 and 8 that Jesus says to him, do not marvel that I have said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. And you hear the sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Jesus is saying, you can't explain where the wind comes from. You can't convince me that's a butterfly in the Amazon that's causing that breeze right now. But you also can't deny the effects of the breeze. The wind blows. It interacts with the world. The presence of the Holy Spirit in your life you can't explain how it gets there, but it changes you. It changes your world. Because where the Spirit blows, He brings peace. There are elements of this story that John really doesn't want us to miss out on. Look again at the first few verses. Verse 19-21. through 21. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came. Despite the doors being locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When He had said this, He showed them His hands and His side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent Me, even so I am sending you. Did you notice He had to say, Peace be with you twice? You think maybe peace is hard for us to grasp? Hard for us to hold on to? In fact, if you go on down to that story that Thomas came and told us about on Easter, you read there, eight days later. Verse 26. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Finally, Thomas is there. And although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace. Peace be with you. I think maybe peace is important to this passage. 
I think maybe peace is important to us understanding this Holy Spirit. You also notice in verse 19 that the doors are locked because they're afraid. Verse 26, a week later, eight days later, the doors are still locked because they're still afraid despite Jesus showing up, walking through a locked door, despite Jesus showing Himself alive, they still need peace. I think peace is hard for us to hold on to. I think peace is so elusive. It is hard for us to, com to comprehend. Everything can be going along just fine and one little thing goes wrong. Ah, great. You know, we lose that sense of peace that we had. It throws us off. Or we go through a time of trouble. We go through trouble and God proves Himself faithful. We go through trouble after trouble after trouble. God shows up every time. He's always there. And the next time a trouble comes along, we panic. And we, we stress out about it. We, we, we go through trial after trial and we lose those pieces so easily. We lose that piece so easily. Boy, if it's difficult for us, what about those who don't know Jesus? What about those that we know that, that don't have that promise of the Holy Spirit? You know, for you and me, we, we can go to Scripture again and again. We can go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts through faith. And we can hold on to that. We can go to the fruit of the Spirit. You remember the fruit of the Spirit? That which grows within us, the product of the Holy Spirit in your life. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It grows in us. It, it fills our lives. It changes it changes us. It changes our world. It changes our relationships. Our world needs that message of peace. It's one of the reasons we're taking up an offering to plant Hispanic churches in the Chicagoland area. We're taking up this Pentecost offering to, to plant those churches. Over 2 million people of Hispanic origin in, in Chicago, Hispanic heritage, over 2 million people, most of them have no church. Most of them have no community. And it is an exciting opportunity. There are exciting opportunities right now for Ignite to reach out to those people, to, to, to change their lives. And you and I get to participate. Here in central Illinois, we get to change something in Chicago. And it would be so easy for you and me to sit back here today and go, what's Chicago ever done for me? They raised my taxes. They raised my insurance. They sent us their politicians. What have they ever done for us? I don't know, but I get the idea. I don't know about a butterfly flapping its wings in the Amazon jungle if that can really change the course of a Texas tornado. But I know the Holy Spirit in you can change the course of someone's life far away. Someone you'll never meet on this side of heaven, but who very well will be, will be there because you and I gave, because you and I shared because we have the ability to change lives and communities through the Holy Spirit, lives and communities far away from us. We, we have a message that changes our world. Jesus blows on the disciples. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. He commissions them. And He gives them a message for their world. Verse 23, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is 
withheld. The one-sentence summary of the gospel, a one-sentence summary of the message of Jesus, that forgiveness is possible. You can know that peace that is so hard to find. And that breath that we lost when we failed our God, it can be restored. And what John gives us, what Jesus does in one sentence here, 50 days later, in my Bible, it's two pages later, we see it fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a rushing, mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as of fire appeared on them and rest on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There's the wind again. There's the breath of God returning to fallen humanity, bringing back all that we lost in the fall when we rebelled against God. Peter begins this sermon explaining what's going on. No, these men aren't drunk as you suppose. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning after all. Something bigger is happening here. And he unpacks the Scripture, Scripture after Scripture. In verse 20 of Acts chapter, verse 21 of Acts chapter 2, Peter tells them, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The people respond, Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and Peter and the rest, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This gift is yours. This peace is yours. This is the restoration of everything that is broken. And it is yours. John's one sentence summary of that is a little tough for us to understand. It's a little difficult being just one sentence. Again, verse 23, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Does that mean? Does that mean that you and I have the power to forgive sin? Does that mean that you and I can forgive each other? You and I can forgive our friends. If someone's nice to us, we can forgive them. But if somebody does us wrong, ooh, somebody says something we don't like, somebody steps out of line, somebody gets my parking spot before I get there. And if I don't forgive them, they don't get forgiven. No, that's not what it means. And I hope you're not too disappointed that's not what it means. What he's telling us is, it is our job as Christians, as followers of Jesus, it is our job to announce that forgiveness is available. It is our job to announce what God is doing in this world and what He is doing is forgiving. We don't create forgiveness, we announce forgiveness. You get that? We don't create the forgiveness, we announce forgiveness. But I want you to understand this. <clears throat> If we fail to announce forgiveness, if we fail to tell people that forgiveness is available, they'll never know. There is no other source but the Gospel of Jesus Christ. 
If we fail to tell them, they will never know. If we don't tell them the good news about Jesus, no one ever will. There are people in your life who have no idea that forgiveness is available. They know you, but they don't know this yet. There are people you know who are carrying guilt for what they've done long ago and they've held on to that because they didn't think there was a way. They don't think there's a way to let it go. There are people you know who are carrying the shame of mistakes and hurts that they have caused. Shames for what they've done to themselves. Shame for what they've done to someone else. And it is suffocating them. It is sucking the life right out of them. It is sucking the wind out of them. And because peace is so difficult because peace is so hard to hold on to, because fear is so powerful, they will never know that forgiveness if you and I don't tell them. And so, receive the Holy Spirit. Not because I blow on you, <laughs> but because of what Jesus has done in His death, in His burial, in His resurrection, because of the life and the Spirit and breath that He brings to our world. The conclusion of, of Peter's message there in Acts chapter 2, it still changes lives. It still impacts you and me. It's impacted every one of us here. The, the message concludes again, chapter 2, verse, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then verse 39, for this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, even Hispanic families living in Chicago who don't know Jesus yet. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to Himself. This promise is for you. And for those people you know today who are hurting, this promise is for them. This promise is for your children. This promise is for your friends. The peace that fixes what is broken in you is available today. And that peace is here for you today. Whatever the pain is that's suffocating you, whatever the shame is that you're afraid someone might find out about this. His promises for you, His promise of forgiveness and cleansing and the presence of His Spirit. If that's what you need today, we are here for you. Just as Peter said, we are here to welcome you. We are here to give you a safe place for you to make that confession, for you to repent. We are here to welcome you and baptize you if that's what you need today to receive that gift as He has promised us so that you can finally just breathe. In a few moments, we'll come to the table. We'll share with the bread, the cup that you've received already. Without the presence of the Holy Spirit, this is just a cracker. <laughs> this is just a bit of juice. But because of the Spirit that binds us together, that works in us, that empowers the church, the Spirit that reminds us again of, uh, of what Jesus has done for us, that Spirit that convicts us and leads us in righteousness and fills us with that fruit, it changes us. This becomes a meal that you and I share. This becomes something that we, that we gather around and we say, we're not the people we used to be because of what Jesus has done for us. I'm going to pray. We'll sing. And we'll take together. But if you have 
If you have that need, if you need baptism, if you need prayer, we are here for you. He has blessed us all with that. Let's pray. Father, thank You. We thank You for this gift. We thank You for the bread, the cup that reminds us of the greatest love that was ever shown us. We thank You that we take that today as a family. We take it together. We thank You for the gift of Your Spirit. On this day, we remember that that gift. We remember that day of Pentecost. And we remember not just the, the Spirit, the life, the forgiveness, but the message that is still there for you, for me, for all of us, for those who are far off, for all who the Lord has called to Himself. And so we thank You for calling us to Yourself. Bless us this day. And enable us to bless our neighbors and bless our friends with that message of peace and forgiveness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.